When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. There's a lot of moving parts to watch out for for ethanol producers here in Wisconsin. Gas prices, consumer demand, and corn markets, just to name a few. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Neil Kemet is the president of Ace Ethanol in Stanley, Wisconsin, and Fox River Valley Ethanol in Oshkosh. He says the corn crop looks good and ethanol demand is strong, so if they can get past the transportation and supply chain obstacles, there's an opportunity for growth. Yeah, I mean, volatility seems to be one of the, the key words for 2022, 20, uh, and obviously fuel prices have been about as volatile as anything. So, yeah, it, fuel prices obviously have been whipsawing all around. It seems even more susceptible these days to the latest headlines. You know, fuel prices are rising, OPEC's cutting production, uh, Biden's releasing from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, fuel prices are going down. So it seems like there's a little bit more in play these days than supply and demand because the market is is so volatile and it's moving so drastically based upon the news. Obviously, you've got the war going on over in Ukraine. And and, and so there's just so much news out there right now. Um, It has caused a lot of volatility. And when the prices are going up, obviously, consumers are price conscious. Inflation is real high. And when those prices rise, consumer demand declines. Driving demand goes down, and obviously that affects renewable fuels because uh, the vast majority of our renewable fuels gets blended into U.S. gasoline. So we're also very susceptible to what those fuel prices are, and the demand for our product is going to be largely dependent upon um, what gasoline prices are. Do blenders ever get more interested in ethanol when the gas price is high? Is that kind of a window of opportunity for you? Generally speaking, ethanol is at a is is a value product when compared to gasoline. So we're almost always at a discount to gasoline, but uh, sometimes substantially so. Especially when the market was, you know, four and five dollars, ethanol was at a at well over a two dollar discount. So um, you know, E10 is everywhere, but you tend to see more interest in E15. You saw some of the spreads between E10 and 15 broaden out to a 10, 15 cent discount. So we saw a lot of extra demand coming from E15 when those prices did blow out like that. But, you know, the other side of that is while there's more being blended into the gasoline, there's less gasoline being consumed. So you're gaining ground on one hand, but you're losing ground on the other. Not only that, but you also have high input costs, I'd assume, as well now. I mean, corn prices are up. How are you navigating that field? Yeah, corn prices are definitely up, and, and it's, it's completely understandable because if you take a look at the input costs uh, that the farmers are paying, what they're paying for seed, uh, what they're paying for fuel, for fertilizer, you know, their costs are up. You know, I read one report where, you know, the average consumer report, you know, you know we're showing inflation at 8.5%, where farm inflation was north of 30% for a lot of their input. So, you know, it's pretty understandable that corn prices are going to be higher. Um, but what's really impacted us, I'd say even to a greater degree, was, you know, our chemical costs are up substantially. Our enzyme costs are up substantially. Transportation has been very volatile as well this year. So we've had issues with transportation, getting our product to marketplace, supply chain issues, issues getting in spare parts. So while corn prices are up, you know, natural gas prices are up substantially also this year. We're going to pay probably double this year what we paid in natural gas prices last year. So, 
you know, the corn we're used to, and um, we hedge and we have risk management tools for dealing with that. It's all the other pieces of the of the inputs and the supply chain that are really outside of our control as well that have have really made this year difficult. Give us a sense, where does your ethanol go? I mean, are you primarily domestic? Do you have an international market? We have a, roughly 50 to 60 percent of our ethanol. Now, we have two ethanol plants, one in Stanley, Wisconsin, and one in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So, uh, probably closer to 60% of our ethanol is domestic and the rest of it is exported to Canada. It's been in the headlines, potential rail strikes coming up in November, Mississippi River levels causing backlogs in barge movement, and trucker shortages. Can you please tell us how this is influencing how you're moving your ethanol, both in Stanley and in Oshkosh? Well, it's not just ethanol. It's, uh, it's our other products like distillers grains as well, which is, you know, you know, thirty, you know, twenty-five to thirty percent of our revenue is from our our feed product, our distillers grains and our corn oil. So, those are also important outputs for us too. So, if you talk about a potential rail strike, um, ninety, I think a stat just came out that through the first half of the year or something like that, ninety-five percent of the ethanol that moved in the United States moved by a rail. So. If you see a rail strike, you know, the, the writing's kind of on the wall there. If, you're, if your industry is moving 95% of your product via rail and you have a rail strike, um, obviously your destination, your customers, they'll have some days of supply, but they'll start rapidly eating into that inventory. And then, you know, obviously at the production facilities you have some storage, but most ethanol plants only have about 10 days storage, and then they'll be shutting down because their tanks will be full. So... You know, a, a prolonged rail strike would have a devastating impact on, on the ethanol industry. At, in ACE, we do rail out most of our product. Fox is truck, so we do have one plant that would be relatively insulated from a rail strike, at least initially. Um, but, you know, eventually that would, you know, come back to haunt them too. Now, the Mississippi River, water levels are running at historically low levels, and what that's doing is... It's, it's really impeding products moving, obviously, in both directions on the Mississippi River. One of the, the main products that moves on the Mississippi River is distiller's grains. So we're, not only is there not corn moving down the Mississippi, but there isn't distiller's grains moving down. So we're starting to see a huge backup of product in the Midwest. And distiller's grain prices, you know, usually this time of year, they're, they're rebounding because in the summer a lot of animals graze, uh, feedlot feedings go down, so distillers' grains gets a little softer, the price, demand gets softer, price gets softer over the summer. That usually rebounds this time of year, but you're not seeing that because some of our product is obviously exported, and our ability to export as an industry is being dramatically affected by the levels on the Mississippi. All right, let's shift the conversation to production today. How are things going right now at the plant? Are you at capacity? How's employment? Give us a look at that. Okay, so we're just, uh, we had enough corn bought through, old crop corn bought through so to, to get us through to harvest. So we're still running effectively at full rates. We're doing our, our boiler shutdown. Um, but other than that, the plants are basically operating at full rates. And we're expecting a pretty good harvest here this year. So we're expecting to hopefully have a, uh, have, have a pretty decent campaign here over the next 12 months. Uh, employment is certainly tough. It's a very tough labor market. 
it seems to be a little better lately, but certainly, you know, hiring over the last uh, um, six to 12 months has been, has been challenging, clearly. So how do you keep your employees, how do you keep your staff healthy and a good mindset to get through such a busy time of year? Yeah, I mean, it, for an ethanol plant, we run 24-7, 365. So we're, we're basically staffed up to be able to, to, be able to handle the, these situations because the ethanol plant's always running. Obviously, we'll take corn on extended hours. We don't go 24, but we might extend 12 to 14 hours, uh, be open weekends. So, yeah, it does, it, it would, it does stress uh, uh, the employees a little bit more uh, as we're going through harvest, but... Because we are staffed, if you will, to be a 24-7-365 outfit, it's probably a little bit less burdensome than, than what the family farm or the local co-op goes through. I want to talk more about this year's crop, Neil. I don't know how much of it's come off the ground yet up there, but tell me, how, how do you feel about quality and availability? I know things were a little late this year. You know, harvest is just starting to get underway. Uh, and we do draw corn from a lot of areas. So we have the uh, we have an elevator that we have over north of Baldwin in Cylon, Wisconsin. You know, we have the ethanol plant in Stanley, Wisconsin. We have an elevator just outside of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, called Wolf River Grain. And then we have uh, Fox River Valley Ethanol over in Oshkosh. So we get to see a really good picture of the northern tier of Wisconsin corn. And we think there's a uh, a pretty good crop coming again this year very comparable to last year. And while things are just starting to get underway, what we're seeing so far is very good yields, uh, very good test weight corn, uh, very low in aflatoxin and other things. So um, we're very excited for uh, this coming harvest because we think it's going to be a good one. Hey, for producers who who don't work with ethanol plants, what do you look for uh, at the elevator in terms of test weight, protein, moisture, can you give us an idea of what you want to see? Yeah, what we'd like to see come into the ethanol plant, obviously, is uh, anything above 54 test weight, and anything above that is, is, is better, but we want to see a, a minimum of 54 test weight. Moisture below 15% and as little FM as, as there can be in there. You know, we're fortunate that we can kind of accept a spectrum of corn. It doesn't have to all be perfect. Obviously, we do have some limits as to how much foreign material or or how, you know, how high the moisture can be. But generally speaking, we're very tolerant as to, you know, if the corn's not perfect, uh, we have a pretty good ability to take it anyway. Neil Kemet is the president of Ace Ethanol in Stanley and Fox River Valley Ethanol in Oshkosh, giving us a look at what's happening with ethanol production and fuel prices this time of year. At the end of the interview, I asked him what was next for his facilities. He says with all of the market uncertainty, it's really been a year to stick to what you know and get the most out of your assets. He met last week with potential Asian customers to expand the international market for his high-protein, specialty dry distiller's grain product produced in Stanley. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.